Good morning, South Hills. Everybody's doing? Ah, oh, now you're speaking my love language. I love that. My name is Efren Peña. I am the campus pastor here. Uh, if this is your first time visiting us, we want to say welcome uh, to South Hills. Uh, I like to give the disclaimer, as always, uh, as I mentioned before, I'm a rah-rah kind of guy. Do not think I'm upset. Do not think I'm mad. Uh, I am just a passionate speaker. I love, I'm animated. I speak with my hands. Like most uh, Hispanic people, they speak with their hands. So that's why you are in enough safe distance from me so you don't get slapped uh, and all of that stuff. Uh, but... Uh, Man, before I jump into this series here, uh, uh, we, uh, I want you to just, uh, when you get an opportunity to, to meet someone, uh, my mother-in-law is here from Puerto Rico, and um, Sandra, and um, she's just been an incredible uh, blessing to, not only to our family, but uh, to the ministry that Monica and I, that God has given Monica and I over uh, the last 20-something years, and um, she has supported us financially. She has supported us uh, prayerfully, spiritually, and uh, she's here for a few weeks in uh, California from the warm weather of uh, Puerto Rico, and she, is, she has not stopped complaining. <laughs> Just a little tad cold for her. And uh, this morning, I think I overheard her like, at home I get dressed with the fan in my face. Here I can't even put my fan, it's so cold. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, Sandra, it is a blessing to have you, welcome you. She's been praying for our church, uh, and uh, believe it or not, she's been praying for each and every single one of you, whether you've been coming here uh, for many years or this is your first time here, she has prayed for you to find a church to call home. Uh, so we are in this incredible series uh, that we kicked off last week called Something's Got to Change. Something's Got to Change. Now, when you look at yourself in the mirror... How many, how many of you do not look at yourself in the mirror, right? You lie in the house of God. No. Uh, when you look at yourself in the mirror, what do you like about yourself, right? What do you like about yourself and what are the things you wish you could change? When I look at myself in the mirror, there's a lot of things I like and there's a lot of things I would like to change. But what are those things that you want to change that are holding you back, right? They're holding you back from living the life that you desire the most. Where do you start to make the changes for this new year? What do you need to do for it to be different, right? Many of us in 2019, you're, you're, you're on the seats of 2018, and you already were journaling down, writing down the things that you wanted to see different in 2019. And that's, that's a whole bunch. We could, ask, we could do a survey in the room. Some of it will be the same, but a lot of it will be different. I want to have this. I want to look like this. I want, you know, so I want to talk, stop taking selfies. You know, I was, the other day I was talking with my wife. I was like, I can't believe how many people take selfies. The amount of selfies that people take on a daily basis. I'm, I'm running off into a rant, but I just find that amazing. That people take so many selfies. And we're not talking about, forget about the teenagers, because that, that's a given. That's, that's common. Maddie takes like a thousand selfies a day. And then she wonders why her phone can't do anything else but take pictures, because she t- it's full of pictures. But the amount of pictures that people take, and leads me to wonder exactly what, what are you looking at? Because if, if you're my daughter, she doesn't just want any picture. She wants the picture to look a certain way. 
It has to be the lighting. It has to be, the can- you can't have a candid picture if you're telling me you're posing. It just doesn't work that way, right? And so it, it, we, when you look in a mirror, what do you see? For many of us, we want to make changes. But how do we make those changes? What do we need to do for it to be different? Because the truth is, we all get locked into certain patterns, ways of living, of doing things, but they're creating, but are they creating the outcomes we're truly after? But what if, what if you could redesign your life from the ground up? What if you could stop busily buzzing around and learn how to build habits that actively build a better you? In this series, my hope is to give you a framework to uncover how certain habits may be sabotaging your own happiness. Truth is, we sabotage our own happiness. We trip over things in our lives that that will help us get to where we want to go. And I want to provide you with a simple four-step process to personally architect your best year yet. Because the truth is, when we look in the mirror, many of us, if not all of us, are saying something's got to change. So let's get after it this morning. This morning's message is titled, Cultivate the Environment. Cultivate the Environment. If you look on those pieces of paper where the notes are, right, if you flip it to the back, I I created a a cool little page there for you to take down notes or to, you know, doodle and and scribble and scrabble. Uh, But there's some key questions in the back that will help you uh, highlight some of the things that I want you to remember or you're hoping to remember from this message. So feel free to jot them down. But let me start off with this question. Ever had a time where, where you were so excited about a goal that you had set your sights on, a goal that you had envisioned, something that you were trying to get after, right, someone you wanted to be, and soon after you started, <laughs> you fell off the wagon pretty quickly, right? Anyone? Raise your hand. Don't be shy. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, I, as I said this before, I'm very transparent, so I don't have a problem sharing my, my stuff. Right? I remember this one time saying, man, this year, this year, I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to eat healthy. No, I'm not going to go on a diet, but I just want to eat healthy. No chips, no chocolate, no soda. That's my goal, and that's how I said it. Right? No chips, no chocolate, no soda. That's my goal. And, man, no sooner, three days later, I was on my couch watching the Lakers give up another fourth quarter lead. Anybody else get like You're watching the Lakers. They're winning the whole game. They're up by 15. Fourth quarter comes around and it just falls apart for them. And I'm in it. So who, I had to eat something, right? And her, Hershey kisses are of the devil. I just say, I'll just be clear. I, and I gave you Hershey kisses for Christmas, right? And so it, they, were, they, they were just there. And I, I had this anxiety building up from watching the Lakers give up point after. I'm like, are you serious? Are you serious right now? Four, four minutes into the game, we'll be down by six. How can that happen? So you wrap them and you just pop them in. And um, they're addictive. Seriously, they are. So here I am, 10 days later, confessing to you how I fell off the wagon, wine bag, uh, the, the wagon pretty quickly. Right? It happens to all of us. It happens to the best of us. You see, your life right now is arranged perfectly for you to be exactly who you are at this moment, which is fine unless you're trying to be someone or something else. 
Your life right now is arranged perfectly for who you are exactly, it's, 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 it's arranged perfectly for who you, you are to be exactly at this moment. And again, there's nothing wrong with that unless you're trying to be someone else or do something differently. Let me explain. My cupboard, right, where you put your food in, right, was arranged perfectly for me to be exactly who I was at that moment while I was watching the Laker game. You see, it had candy, it had chips, it had soda. But the truth is, if I want to be someone else or do something different, which is my intention, I need to rearrange my cupboard to be perfect for who I want to be. So guess what has to happen? The chips got to go. The candy got to go. The soda got to go. And now I'm sucking on lemon drops. Because the Lakers are losing again, right? You follow me? A lot of us get a new vision of who we want to be, but we don't change much about the fundamental structure of our life. We have this vision, we have this goal of who we want to be, but we don't change the fundamental structure of how we do things, the the patterns, the habits that we have in order to be who we want to be, in order to get to where we want to get. And the, the result is unintentional self-sabotage. We are just killing it in a bad way of who we're trying to be and what we're trying to do. Because we're not setting ourselves up properly. We all have great reasons for not following through, right? We all, we all, we all make up excuses. We believe them. We, 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 we made them up. We believe what we said. We have, you know, and, and, and then they're, they, they could be valid. We, we, we say things like, when I get around these friends, it's hard not to do what they're doing. Or it's hard to drive by on the way home and not stop by, not pull in. I want to, I don't want to be the only one not participating. I'm going to look foolish. So, yeah, I got I to gotta do it. If it's in the house going to eat it. That's just the way it is. Or no one else has the same goals as me, so I'm in it by myself, so you can't say nothing. This is just the way it is. If we can kick down that, that AC, that heat, that would be great because I am sweating it up up here. For those of you do not know, I just feel that thing right here. It's, I'm like, anyway. Friends, you're less likely to do what you want to do if your environment is working against you. If your surroundings, if your environment is working against you, you're, you're, here's, here's your thing. This is your new you, 2019. You're headed this direction, but your surroundings has you leaning and pushing you in the opposite direction. It is hard to get where you want to go. It is so hard. So much of what we do is on autopilot. Think about it. the first few things that you do when you wake up in the morning. And think about the last few things that you do when you go to bed. It's consistent. It's consistent. There's a pattern that rarely gets deviated from. It's routine. It's what you do. We tend to do what we're used to, which is a problem if what you're used to isn't working for you. We tend to do 
what we're used to doing. But that becomes a problem if what you're doing is not working for you. Researchers say that 40 to 50% of our actions on any given day are strictly a result of a habit. Meaning, if you want to change your life, if you have to change, if you want to change your life, you have to change your habits. Which most of us makes sense. We understand that, right? What we don't understand is really how habits work. Right? Because it makes sense. I want to I want to be something, someone different, I want to do something different, I'm gonna have to change the way I do it. Because there's a habit that has been created already. But most of us do not understand that in order to change that, we got to change the habit. We got to change the routine. We got to change the, the standard that has been already set. So let me introduce you to the habit loop. The habit. Some of you have heard this before. Maybe, maybe you have not. This is going to change your life forevermore. The habit loop. We'll spend the next several weeks talking about it, dissecting it. I have a diagram for you to take a look at. The habit loop consists of four things. Okay, some of you can see this, some of you cannot. But it includes the cue, the craving, the response, and the reward. The cue, the craving, response, the reward. The cue is an environmental trigger. Your environment. The craving is an emotional desire. The response is a repetitive action. And the reward is a sense of satisfaction. Right? Simple enough. Here's how, how it works. Something in your environment triggers or cues you to do something. That's the first part. Cue. Something in your environment triggers or cues you to do something. Your emotions then get stirred up, right, anticipating the satisfaction, which is your cravings, you'll experience if you do it. So you respond by taking action, and you experience a sense or of relief or reward from having done it. And because the experience was rewarding, your brain marks that cue. Your brain marks that trigger, right? So when you stumble upon it once again, it will produce a craving, which prompts you to do or have a response in the same way that it will deliver a satisfaction that you experienced before. Do you see how it works? The cue, the craving, the response, the reward, and the cycle or the loop moves forward. So let me give you an example for me. All right? Don't, don't go out here, pastor's judging you or, you know, he's talking about me. If you feel the, the, that, that for, for, finger pointing at you, that's called your conscience. Okay? Conviction right there. Just give you a heads up. But this is me. You walk by a Cinnabon. Everybody knows Cinnabon, right? All right, you walk, they're usually in the mall. You walk by a Cinnabon and it smells yummy. That is the cue. That is the cue. The trigger in your environment. You walk in, mind your business, shop. Listen, I don't, I, as, as I said before, I don't like shopping in the mall. I am an Amazon junkie, right? If it ain't on Amazon, it's not worth buying, right? And so I don't care to go to the mall. But when I do go to the mall, I'm going, usually my wife is way ahead, my kid's in the middle, and I'm like the watchdog, watching everybody. So you're walking around, and I'm like, I, people, it's just, it's, you know, the corridors are long, and all of a sudden, you know, 
the cue, it triggered something in you. And you, you immediately start looking for where it is. You, if you've been to the mall right here in Santa Clarita, you start looking at the second floor, the first floor. You just, it starts, you, you know where it is now, right? You know where it is, right? You know it's on the first door by the food court, right? And so it triggers the cue. You then begin to imagine how delicious it would be to have one. It's warm. It's yummy. And so all of a sudden, the craving begins to take place. So you get online and you buy one and eat it all up and you start licking your fingers because it's all gooey and yummy. And all of a sudden, you responded. That was your response. It tastes so good. It's warm and gooey and your brain gets a sugar high. And that right there is your reward. It's your reward. So your brain begins to say, the next time you walk by a Cinnabon, the loop has begun to manifest itself. Based on your previous experience, you are definitely stopping in again. This time with your Cinnabon reward card that you purchased the first time you went in. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, and thus the loop has been established. Do you see how that works? The cue, the craving, the response, the reward, and the loop now has been established. Now, that was about me. All right, let me give you another example. You meet some friends at a bar who are all having drinks and having a good time. That's the cue. You imagine what it would be like to fit in with them and get enough of a buzz to not be self-conscious, right? That's the craving. You have a couple of drinks, that's your response, right? You enjoy the absence of your inhibitions and the connection with those people, that's your reward. And your brain decides that the next time your colleagues are going out to to have uh, some drinks and after hours, you're in. The loop has been established. Maybe that's the the, the far end of things, but it could be anything. There could be good things out of that. But I just want for you to understand what is the habit loop. Cue, the craving, the response, the reward. These habits, these, these habit loops are great unless they're creating results that you don't want. But if you want different results, you just can't set a different goal. It just it doesn't work. I, I know that it's simple to think that. I know that it's, it's simple. Oh, I, I want to get, I want to I do something different. I just got to set a change my goal. It doesn't really work that way, right? It really doesn't. You have to address the loop. You have to address what has been the standard over the years. For many of us, especially in January, we have an idea of who we'd like to become. But our environment is full of cues producing cravings that are working against our ultimate goals. In our lives, we have loops right now that are preventing us from achieving the things that we're trying to achieve. Listen, just trying to resist temptation is an ineffective strategy. Think about it. How many times have we, for those right, guilty, how many times have I tried to eat right, be healthy, and walk down a mall and sit about has caught my nose? Just yesterday. Don't judge me. Not nice. Just yesterday I was in the, where was that, Jason? Jason not here. I was in some outlet somewhere, Right? And we're walking around, minding my business. Again, my wife, my mother-in-law. Actually, my mother-in-law was behind me because right, she's a little slower than I was. Right? And so we're walking around. And then my kids, there's a lady at, at the door of Wetsu Pretzu. And 
she gave my kids a piece. I, 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 not me, not today, not today, not today. So there, we get it, and my little Noah, that's the best pretzel I ever had. Oh, my goodness, it was great, it was awesome, right? 30 minutes later, we're in Wetzel Pretzel, buying pretzels for everybody. That's all I got to say. Trying to resist temptation is an ineffective strategy. You are a product of your environment. I know that sounds cliche, and some of us are trying to beat it. And, and listen, I grew up in the hood. And, and, and in order for me to live the life that God had called me to do, I needed to get out of the hood. Because the hood, I was a product of my environment. Everything around you is cueing you to do something. People often choose things not because of what they are, but because of where they are. That's the truth. That's the truth. Think about it. Most people that, 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 that are successful in life, if they came from a, an upbringing or an environment that was inconducive to, for them being successful, will tell you, in order for me to get, I had to get out of there. Or I was going to get sucked up into my environment. Every habit is context dependent. In other words, people do things not always because they want to, but because it's readily available. Wetsu Pretsu was readily available. We do it because it's there and other people are doing it as well. But I want to tell you this morning that you don't have to be a victim of your environment. You can become the architect of it. You don't have to be a victim of your environment. You can actually create it. Here, let me give you a powerful picture from Scripture of something of someone doing just that. Now, if you were here with us last week, all right, shame on you for not being here. No, I'm just kidding. If you were here with us last week, we talked about David getting anointed king of Israel. All right, let's give you a TV timeout. Let's just call a timeout here, okay, because this is super important, all right. It's super important. All right, I'm going to get T-shirts printed. I'll get one for you. Um, we are in the position now to offer uh, those of you who call South Hills home, uh, a podcast, and we have uh, just created our first podcast, and last week's message is now available for you to listen. So if you weren't here last week, praise the Lord, you have an opportunity to listen to last week's message so you don't miss the series. Uh, you can find it right now on Facebook on our South Hills page, or you can take a picture of this, and it takes you automatically there because you probably won't write fast enough to get all that information. We're working. This is the first one. We're working. We're going to get a shorter link, all of that fun stuff. But for right now, you can easily just go to our South Hills fan page, South Hills Santa Clarita. Uh, I just posted the link this morning, and it's there. It's an audible uh, version of last week's message, which I think you will enjoy. Listen to it. Uh, sh- you know, Apply it and share it with those people that uh, you have relationships with. I think it will bless those as well. All righty, TV time back in. Now, last week we talked about David getting anointed king of Israel. That didn't mean he became king right away. David was a shepherd. He was a shepherd boy, still working on the sheep. He had conversations with the sheep, right? So it didn't mean that he became the king right away, but just that someday he would be king. He received a new vision for his life. But how do you become king? 
by working with the sheep. When all you're doing is, bah, go, you know, you're, you're pushing, you're, you're hurting sheep to where they need to go. You're throwing grass. How do you become king if your environment says you are a shepherd boy? Think of all the things that he had to know. Military strategy, customs of the royal elite class, negotiating with neighboring kingdoms. What are the responsibilities and expectations of the king? How does the court work? What are the different roles? What are the unspoken rules and nuances of current political relationships? When do you exercise absolute authority and when do you reign in the power? Who do you trust? Because the truth is you may be able to learn how to be brave, you may be able to learn how to, to, to work a slingshot, right? You may be able to play a harp in the middle of a pasture, but you can't really learn all these things, have answers to all these questions in the same environment. You may want to believe that you're a king. You may want to behave like a king, but all the cues in your environment are telling you that you are just a shepherd boy. How many of you want to be the boss in your workplace, but your environment says that you are the one that takes the orders? Right? You don't have to raise your hand in there. But that's to give you an understanding of how it was. So what does David do? He addresses the loop. He addresses the loop. He architects his environment to cue him to respond like a king. Check this out. Here are a few of the things he does to architect the environment that he is currently in in order to cue him to respond like a king. We're going to quickly go through these. So just take a snap picture of the scripture, uh, and you can read it later. I'm going to read it for you. Uh, but here's what he does. Number one, he, David joins the king's court. 1 Samuel 16, 14 to 23 says, Now the spirit of the Lord had left Saul, and the Lord sent a, a tormenting spirit that filled with depression, filled them with depression and fear. Some of Saul's servants said to him, or tormenting spirit from God is troubling you. Let us find a good musician to play the harp whenever the tormenting spirit troubles you. He will play soothing music and you will soon be well again. All right, Saul said, find me someone who plays well and bring them here. One of the servants said to Saul, one of Jesse's sons from Bethlehem is a talented harp player. Not only that, he is a brave warrior and a man of war and has good judgment. He is also a fine, good-looking man and the Lord is with him. So Saul, verse 19, sent messengers to Jesse to say, send me your son, the shepherd. Jesse responded by sending David to Saul along with a young goat, a donkey loaded with bread and a wineskin full, uh, wine full of wine. So David went to Saul and began serving him. Saul loved David very much and David became his armor bearer. Verse 22, then Saul sent to word to Jesse asking, please let David remain in my service for I am very pleased with him. And whenever the tormenting spirit from God troubled Saul, David would play the harp. Then Saul would feel better and the tormenting spirit would go away. Thus, David got into good with Saul. Then David becomes BFS with the king's son. 1 Samuel 18, verse 1 through 5. After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. 
Whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. So Saul made him a commander of the men of war and appointed that was an appointment that was welcomed by the people of Saul's officers and Saul's officers alike. Then David becomes commander in the king's army. 1 Samuel 18 says, verse 13, Finally Saul sent him away and appointed him commander over a thousand men. And David faithfully led his troops into battle. Then David decided to marry the king's daughter. 1 Samuel 18, 27 to 28. He and his men went out and killed 200 Philistines. Then David fulfilled the king's requirement by uh, presenting all their foreskins to him. So Saul gave his daughter Michal uh, to David to be his wife. Then uh, so when Saul realized that the Lord was with, uh, with, was with David and how much his daughter uh, loved him. Now, this was David's path. Right? This is David's path. This is how David came from a shepherd, being a shepherd boy, to being the king. Your path will be different. Your path will be different. You're not trying to become a king. But there is a transferable principle here that we need to sink our, 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 our mind to. This, this, this we, need, we need to get here. And that's get around people and places that make what you want to do clear and compelling to you. In order to move into this new you, you're going to have to get around people and places that are benefiting, that are supporting, that are conducive to the new you. You heard it said before, most of the habits in your life are caught, not taught. Most of the habits in your life are caught, not taught. And a lot of those habits that we're walking around with today were caught a long time ago. A lot of the things that we're doing today, were, we, 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 we caught them Many, many, a long time ago. So to learn new habits, you're going to need to put yourself around people you're likely to catch them from. But how do we identify these people? I'm going to give you three groups. I want you to jot these down quickly or take a picture. All right? We imitate the habits of these three groups. Number one, the close group. We soak up the qualities and practices of those around us. The closer we are to someone, the more like them we become. Most of the, uh, one of the most effective things that you can do to build the better you is to join a group where your desired behavior is the normal behavior. We understand that. To find people that are doing the things that you want to be doing. Surround yourself with people who already do what you do and you'll end up doing it as well. Tribal identity is more powerful than individual identity at first when making a change. David got close to the king's son, the king's daughter, and the king's court because David wanted to learn how to be a king. He wanted to be kingly, so he put himself around people that naturally behaved that way. Number two, the many group. The many group. Whenever we're unsure of how to act, we look to the group. Think about that. The more people are doing it, the more we're convinced that we should be doing it as well. Instinctively, we'd rather be wrong with the crowd than right by ourselves. 
It would have been one thing for David to just have been friends with the king's son, but he took it a step further. He went beyond that, spending every day in the king's court, surrounded by nobles, surrounded by people that were reflecting the culture that he had hoped to lead. And lastly, the powerful group. The powerful group. You see, we're drawn to behaviors we think will earn us respect, we're drawn to behaviors we think will, will earn us approval and admiration and status. Many of us, uh, our daily habits are imitations of people uh, we subconsciously admire. Right? When you, were, when you were a kid and you loved sports, there was a player that you watched on TV or, or live and you wanted to emulate their, the things that they did. And so now, you know, you, it's funny, you, you watch videos, uh, uh, sports videos, and, and, and the, I call it the, the, the Stephen Curry phenomenon. There are things that he does that are part of his routine in life, tra- you know, training, warming up, that right now people are just doing and posting videos of. They're emulating because they see what he is doing. The powerful habits, right? So they're trying to subconsciously, they're admiring this and subconsciously trying to do it. We imitate those that we envy. The, the inverse is also true. We avoid behaviors that would lower our status, right? We avoid people like, the, the, like they got the flu if they're doing something that doesn't line up with our spirit, that doesn't line up with what we're trying to accomplish. David picked up the military prowess of of Saul, but he was also able to learn from Saul's mistakes, where Saul fell short, what were his weaknesses, how jealousy and envy corrupted the kingdom. He also put himself around powerful men of God, priests and prophets, that made looking and trusting God normal and natural. But the truth is, our environment is more than just people. It's also places. And a good plan to establish more helpful cues and cravings in your life incorporates both. How do we bring in people and places to help us get where we are trying to get? In other words, if you want to establish a new habit, put yourself around people and places that produce cues and cravings for the behaviors you're trying to eliminate, or excuse me, trying, that you're trying to go for. And to eliminate a bad habit, do the opposite. Pull yourself away from places and people that are giving you cues and cravings that don't line up with what you're trying to do. If you're trying to be a better person, if you're trying to get closer to God, if you're trying to get more spiritual, to be more godly, then going to church And being around church people will help you do that. If you're trying to stop getting drunk, blacking out, going home with a different stranger every Friday night, stop going to the club, stop hanging around people that do that kind of stuff. It will bring you down. Now, I know it's hard to accept and and, and believe this, but a big part of our issue today is our environment. It's our environment. It just is. So what's your plan to put yourself in the right place in 2019? What's your plan to put yourself in the right place 
with the right people so that you can do the right thing. Because the truth is, most people lack a plan, excuse me, don't lack passion, they lack a specific plan. Most people want to, they desire to not keep doing the same things that they've been doing. They desire a change in their life. They want to live differently, but they don't have a plan of attack. They don't know how to approach it. They don't know how to go about it. They underestimate their environment and don't take control of their cues. So I'm going to wrap this up this morning. All right? How do we do that? How do we create a specific plan that doesn't underestimate our environment and take control of our cues? Right? Because you can't worry about your response. You can't worry about the report, uh, the, the, the reward, if you haven't figured out the problem, which is the cue and the cravings. So how do we come up with a plan that will work in our favor? I want to give you quickly and lastly the a formula that I believe can architect a plan that works for you. And that is assign clear rules to your new rhythms, to your new patterns, to your new habits. Give them rules. Want to do something different in 2019? Want to be a different person? That's awesome. That's incredible. Let's help you get there. But in order to do so, you're going to have to be specific. You're going to have to do this. You're going to have to assign clear views to your new rhythms. In other words, I will, whatever that behavior is, whatever it is that you need to do at a particular place, uh, excuse me, at a specific place or time, in a particular place, in a location with such and such a person. So I will go to church at 10 p.m. at South Hills on Sundays with Pastor E. See how that works? Everybody say, I want want you here next week, right? That's the new pattern that we're trying to create. Get you here on a consistent basis, right? So you you have these rules. The new you says, man, I want to eat healthy, right? I want to be. I want to. I want to eat differently, right? Differently. So we have to think differently. So I will pack a healthy lunch, right? As soon as I get home from work, in the kitchen with my wife, she's a witness because the people around you are the people that are either going to build you up or take you down. I love. I love friends. I love people. I love family members. But if your family member is not into eating healthy then guess who you cannot pack a lunch, a healthy lunch with? So as you put in a nice, healthy, lean sandwich on wheat bread, your friend is trying to stuff a slice of pizza. It doesn't work that way. You see where I'm going at? You have to assign specific rules. And so you cannot pack a healthy lunch at, at McDonald's. It doesn't work that way. And you cannot pack a healthy lunch when you are dead tired, when you don't care about anything in the world at that precise moment. It will not work. So you have to assign clear rules to your new rhythms. I will jog for 15 minutes at 6 a.m. on the road in front of my house with Bob. 
I'm not talking to you about things. If you want to make a habit a big part of your life, make the cue a big part of your environment. Make it obvious. Write it on a paper. Write it on a sign. Set an alarm and get after it. A new you awaits you in 2019. Maybe there are finances. You know, you're trying to get your finances set. Then you need to set these rules up. You cannot just go out and spend money. I will not be on Amazon from the hours of so-and-so Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You got to set these rules. I will read my word every morning at 6 a.m. for 10 minutes so I can get a little bit of the word in me. And I'm going to do it with my wife or my husband or my kids. People that will hold you accountable. I've been praying before we go to school every day for for years and years and years with my children. And sometimes we we know we, we have a it's a it's, it's we do it. It's it's a habit that we've done it. And right off we get off of uh, 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 Cow Grove, and as soon as we get off the exit ramp, whose turn is it? We have a pattern. On Mondays, I lead it. Tuesdays is Sophia. Wednesdays is Noah. Thursdays is Sophia, and Friday is Noah. And we pray up until we get to the school. That's a pattern and something that we do. And could you, sometimes my mind is, is, is busy. My mind is thinking of so many things. I get off that off ramp, and as soon as I make that, the last, I'm not even thinking about praying. But guess what my girls do? Hey, Dad, whose turn is it? That's a habit for them. And it's a good habit for them to have. Every night we pray. Every night we pray. We get to bed and, and we're like, Dad, we're going to, sometimes I'm tired. I don't want to go up the next slide of, flight of stairs. Dad, are you coming up to pray? My legs are going to lose anyway. We're on pause. And I'm going back upstairs. And we pray. But guess what? We have a specific rule in place, a rhythm that has been set. And so we're going to pray because we believe that there is power in prayer. We believe that God answers prayer. We believe that it changes and transforms our life. And so we have, it's a discipline in our, in our family. It's not trying to be holy or better than someone else. It's just what we do. It's what we do. It is a habit that we've seen great results from it. And I want to train my kids. I want to teach my kids that you have to pray, that you have to seek God in order to find out what God has for your life, in order to walk in the promises that are for He promises to take you from glory to glory to glory. And in order to do that, you do that, you got to know what He wants from you. You got to know where He's taking to you from. And so I'm going to teach my kids how to pray. I'm going to make it a habit in their life. Church, 2019 is going to be an incredible year for us. This is not about resolutions that are going to, that, that you, like on the third day, you're eating Hershey Kisses like me. Something got to change. The Lakers got to start winning more or I got to kick it out of my cupboard. I'm banking on kicking out of my cupboard right now. So I need a change. Can I just keep setting you goals? thinking that it's going to change. I need to address the habit loop. 
and I need to address the cues, my environment, the people and places around me. Listen, if you're falling off the bandwagon in your walk with Jesus, it's time to call a TV timeout. I'll send you the picture, right? And analyze who's around you, who's in your circle, who are your friends, who are your family members, what is the environment that you're currently in that is not supporting, that is not conducive to your living a life closer to Jesus. I believe that when we do that and address that, Listen, I'm not saying to go cut your friends off on Facebook and all that stuff. That's not, what I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I have tons of people that I love that don't serve the Lord. People that I admire, people that I look up to, people that I want to love on. I'm not saying do not do that. What I'm saying is me, for me, in order to get to where God wants to take me, in order to set these new goals, I'm going to have to do something different. Cue my environment. Cultivate my environment that helps me get to where I want to go in 2019. So go home tonight, look in the mirror, say, what are the cues and the cravings right now in my life? Are they helping me or are they destroying me? And address that. Next week, we're going to be talking about the response And after that, the reward. And we're going to create a habit loop in our lives that is going to be awesome for 2019. Amen.